This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. One of the most popular spots in April is Rainy River. Sturgeon fishing and early walleye, and you get some really big walleye. Bushteen's got the details coming up next. But first, if you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. Well, we're checking in with Bruce Jean of Rainy Lake Guide Service once again because, uh, well, Bruce, uh, your uh, river, Rainy River, up in your neck of the woods, is one of the premier places to go fishing early season in Minnesota. I think it's one of uh, the hardcore anglers' favorite things to do is get up on the river as soon as that ice goes out and catch fish. You know, I, I have a social media page, really guiding there, and, and it's been blowing up lately. Bruce, how's the landing looking? When is ice going to go out? And, you know, I mean, with we had nine below up in International Falls last Saturday, so four days ago. The river retreated. We actually made ice through that weekend, <laughs> and, and it's been cold up there. Now with the snow, I don't know what's going to happen with that and the rain the next couple days here. Um, you're hardcore. There are a few boats that drug over the ice and they kind of jumped in and you know let her go I, I remember when i was a kid fishing with dad my, both my brothers and i and my dad we'd jump in the 14 foot boat with a 99 johnson he'd put us on the top of the hill and and run us down and sometimes we'd go straight into the water and you know other times we'd make it short of the ice but every time we'd slide down the the, the landing with the, the boat it was always a, a treat and then of course the walleye fishing is phenomenal after that so but if i had to guess if i gave a, an approximate time for the birchdale landing to be open i would say probably april 5th is my projected okay um, we're about as of today so today is wednesday we are about a mile from the birchdale landing with open water and every day you know that the moving water eats at that ice you know they'll probably make the landing within the next few days but it's the amount or make that area but it's the amount of ice on the landing yet i mean it's been a cold winter oh yeah and we got three four five feet of ice on that boat landing and and you know there comes the point where opening up the landing is really hard on it as well so you know the county will make the decision whether they're going to open those landings or not and go from there. So, but if but if I have it to guess right now, I would say anywhere from April fourth to sixth, we're going to have that landing open. If you have a small boat, you can definitely get up there earlier. But um, like I said, a few boats that have been out, they're catching a few fish. Um, it's still a little early yet, so but uh, it's fishing's okay. So, um, is it? I mean, I we we all know walleyes go up into the rivers to spawn. Is it spawning fish, or is there a good solid population of river walleyes in the rainy all the time? Great question, and both. Okay. The the big females are up there spawning, and those are going to be the over 28s that you're catching. And the 28s to 31 and 3 quarter we got last year, but... 
those are the ones that are working their way up to probably unload their last uh, family up there, if you will. So, um, but yeah, those are those are the big ones. You know, the the river fish, you'll definitely see the difference. You know, they're maybe a little more beat up. They're a little thinner. They've been, um, you know, they work harder in the current than the fish on Lake of the Woods do. You know, sure. When people when people think Rainy River, they think oh, Rainy Lake and coming from. Well, none of the walleyes on Rainy Lake ever hit the Rainy River. If they do, it's in pieces because they have to go through the dam. <laughs> um, so, but you can tell when those lake fish come up later later in the spring, and they're a little bit bigger, a little more plump, and they're ready to unload. So, But, yeah, good question, and, and it is both. You'll definitely have local fish around that are there all year long. You know, we can, when we're out guiding for sturgeon there, um, and you know you're pitching a jig. You you can actually catch both in the same spots that you would, and and uh, those are the local walleyes in that area. Well, a good good uh, good point there. Not only I mean it is that early walleye bite that people love, but it's also sturgeon, and that uh, that fish like uh, eel pout now. Uh, you know, became very, very popular within the last ten to fifteen years, and you know, I've been I've been hearing stories that it's. Uh, you know, there will be more people fishing sturgeon on Lake of the Woods than there will be fishing walleyes on Lake of the Woods. They really are. And, you know, the population is so strong. You know, you, you look at some of the boats during that opening of sturgeon weekend, and that gap that, that just out of Lake of the Woods in the Rainy River will have hundreds of boats at it. And they're all catching 5 to 15 sturgeon in a day. Well, wow. you think of a sturgeon, you know, as a 45-minute fight per those sturgeon are, are really giving you a workout, you know. And Yeah, I don't think the mortality rate on, on uh, a sturgeon fight is very high at all. I think, you know, they pretty much go back. They're probably a little bit tired, but they go back generally with a little hole in their lip and they're swimming back. So, you know, the, the impact of what it does to the spawn is not known yet for both the sturgeon and, and in the walleye. I mean, there's a lot of locals around the area that would like to see this river fishing shut down as far as you know the the damage it does to those big females that are heading up the spawn so you know with the late season i don't know how much impact that's going to be on them so we'll see how that goes in the future but the sturgeon bites definitely a lot of fun on the rainy river absolutely and it's the two things you hear about this time of year uh from people that are very excited for both of those things um the thing about the uh the walleyes you know it used to be right bruce uh, you could take them and now it's strictly catch and release. Correct. Yep. Now it's catch and release, and um, you know that uh, good or bad, um, but you know it's just it's just one of the decisions that the, the DNR has made on that body of water, and, and um, you know, would one walleye removal per boat make an impact? Well, if you've ever seen some of the videos out there, that Birchdale Landing will have hundreds of vehicles at it, and. You know, if the mortality rate is already there and they're keeping five per boat or whatever it is, absolutely that would impact. So um, supporting the DNR on this one is definitely something that, you know, the Rainy Lake guides support. And, um, you know, it, it, it's not a bad thing, that's for sure. Well, and I think, you know, the I know people like to take home walleye, but at the same time, really, this is all about just getting in a boat and catching walleyes in, in soft water as soon as you can they just want the experience so check catch and relief i think is fine with most anglers raised sport marine um you know the, the guys there uh mike brandon um been working with those guys well bought my first boat in 1997 
And every year I get that boat, and my first trip is heading to Birchdale to co catch the big ones there. And it's so fun to be back in the boat. And, I, and I'm lucky I get to break in a new boat every year and have that experience. But to be out there and, and to, to float in a boat after the long, cold winter we've had, <laughs> but then also to catch some big walleyes out there, it's just, it's just great to be out. And, you know, I mean, don't go to Birchdale if you're going to and hurry up at the landing and expect that you're going to get your boat in right away. Enjoy all of the fishing that. Watch people at the boat landing. Have fun with it. Um, grab a beverage. Um, open up your can of Coke and have a sandwich. And just enjoy it because that's what the initial early fishing is about, is just getting out, floating, catching a walleye or two and having a good time. So, But it's going to be busy. You know, As soon as that opens up, it's going to be a 10-day madness, and it only lasts for about that. You know, April 14th is done, so we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. And that time of year, you don't really need a whole lot of sophisticated presentations. <laughs> you know, and it, and it's it's kind of funny. You know, I used to fish on the river with my dad, and he would use the biggest jig possible and the biggest minnow, and lo and behold, he would always catch the biggest fish with that. So, you know, it, it, it depends on what you have. Some people are using, you know, uh, all kinds of different uh, options. Some are trolling. Some are using... Uh, plastics. I mean, it, you know, it, it all varies, but you're absolutely right, Kev. The guy with the 14-foot boat with no depth finders probably has as good a shot <laughs> as the guy with the $150,000 new Lund Pro V out there. So, um, but yeah, it's it's all up there, and, and and it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, you you have a chance to catch a 30-inch walleye pretty easily, but then the the, the next minute you could set into a 70-inch sturgeon and fight that for a couple hours. So, you know, I mean, it, it's and it's and it's going to be cold, you know. Anytime you're in a boat and the water is 32.1 degrees, it's going to be chilly. So dress exceptionally warm and wear those heavy boots. Let's talk a little bit about sturgeon fishing uh, for somebody who's never done it before, um, which I think you know, obviously, still a lot of people haven't. Uh, but it's something more and more people are getting curious about. What do they need to have? I mean, they're uh, they're they're for uh, you know their 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 standard line may not be quite what they need, right? So a minimum of 30-pound test. Okay. Um, and, and I say that because the heavier equipment you have, the less amount of time that you're tiring out that fish, you know. And know that, that some of these 70-inch sturgeon are over 100 years old. So, I mean, they've been, they were born <laughs> back, they were born, Kev. Right, so when you, barely. <laughs> but when you think about, you know, you want to get those fish in, hook, online, get a picture and get them back in the water right away. The heavier equipment you have, the better. You want a heavy sinker, and that's based on current flow. You know, I mean, it's going to be moving pretty good. There's a lot of snow up there, and that melt is going to be in a hurry. If we hit 60 next week, and it, you know, it's going to warm up, and so that snow and ice is going to be moving. You're probably going to want a four ounce, three to five ounce sinker, and I like the no roll. They're a flat sinker where you put it out, and it'll just drag. And, and this is where it gets to be interesting. How far are those fish off bottom? So that's when I use my electronics. If I see a big, long line of sturgeon on the grass, <clears throat> about two or three feet off the ground, I'm going to have a longer leader on my number two-aught hook, a big hook. And I put three or four night crawlers on it. But I'm going to have a longer leader on that so it gets off the bottom a little bit. And if they're close to the bottom, I'm going to shorten that leader up do that for a couple reasons one you keep the stir- the suckers off and they're they're a common thing up there and i mean if you like smoke sucker great um 
but two, it, it, it'll keep it right where the big fish are. And so, you know, when I'm guiding for sturgeon, I will, I will troll an area around just watching the graph, seeing how far off the bottom are they are, and then I'll adjust my fishing per the length of the leader needed for that. Um, and then it's always a crapshoot. I always like to use the least amount of sinker possible to hold my weight in that spot. So I will be adjusting that, you know, depending on how much current is flowing out of there. So, you know, you, you think it's just throw out a, a big hook and a big sinker and a night, well, three, four night crawlers and just crack a cold one. But there's a little more to it if you want to get more in the scientific component to it. So that's, that's how a guide trip with us would look. So um, what about, uh, what kind of a rod do you need? Do you need like a musky rod? Uh, yeah, you know, I... I we have what, what are called sturgeon rods, and, and I say that they're different than muskie rods because the tip is, is visible. I want to see the tip um, be able to have, you know, so when a sturgeon bites, it's not just a suck in and go. They will, they will tip it. They will tick it a little bit, and you can actually see that. So then you can get geared up for the hook set, um, and you don't need a lot with that, but a lot of times once they have it in there, they have it. So... I like a heavy-duty rod. I like the longer one, 8 foot. 8 to 10 is even better, but longer rods are better just so you can see that bite a little bit better because you cast it out and you just let it sit, and then you watch your rod tip. And, and, you know, the fluorescent tips seem to be a little more visible with with us older generation that are longer <laughs> in the tooth and can't see as well. So I hear that. <laughs> that's what I use there, so... But, um, yeah, that, that's the equipment. And then, of course, any heavy-duty reel that you have that can hold a lot of line is, is important, too. You, you want to have a lot of line. It brings me back to my grandpa and grandma. And they were fishing down on the, just the Mount of Little Fork. And they had a 16-foot line. That was a big boat back then, so 60 years, 70 years ago. And they caught hooked into one, and it was 82 pounds. But it, it, they, they were pulled by this sturgeon in a 16-foot boat up and down that area. <laughs> and as they're going by boats, they're like, George, get that one in. We want to see it. You know, and as it's zooming past, and uh, I mean, it's just kind of a little community down there. And, and uh, But, yeah, heavy equipment is better, and just enjoy it out there. It's a great time. That just sounds like something you'd see in a cartoon. <laughs> well, you know, it's Moby Dick-like. <laughs> you, know, you got you got a big fish that's pulling, and I think they were probably 75 years old at the time, so pulling them back and forth, and my little grandma, she was nothing to her, but they loved a sturgeon fish, and there's a picture of one of those prehistoric fish hanging from the clothesline, and I, yeah, I think my mom is about 5'1", and, and it's about three feet longer than her, it looks like, so, but there was some dandy sturgeon caught out of there, and you know, now it's catch and release, you got a five-inch slot size, 40 to 45-inch if you buy a tag, you can keep one. So, but check the regulations for that as well. You know, that's the thing about sturgeon fishing. It's incredibly complicated. The seasons are on, then they're off, then they're catch and release, then there you can keep one. I mean, it's you got to look at that book very carefully for you know, depending on when you're going, because it's it's pretty complicated the way they have it set up. It is. It's very complicated. You know, it's all right online there, so you can just Google search and it's right up there. But yeah. For when people ask me when is it open, I'm like I need to check the regulations too. So, but it's always changing, and and um, but it, you know it's definitely a fun fish to give it a try, and and you know like I said, I don't think it hurts the population too much. Where you know the the spring walleye bite, yeah, that that's a little controversial. He's Bruce Jean. I'm Kev Jackson. We're talking early season fun on Rainy River, and we've got a lot more sturgeon talk to come. 
on the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today, Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University. It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast. My guest today is the man, the myth, and the legend, Bruce Jean of Brainy Lake Guide Service. And we are talking early season sturgeon. It's a very popular time to go fishing for sturgeon, but there, like we said, there's seasons and there's different air times throughout the summer, even into the fall. How uh, how many sturgeon trips do you do uh, later in the year? So, uh, two years ago, I did 11 guide trips in the spring and then just a handful in the fall. Um, but the fall, also, what people don't realize is the river bite in the fall is excellent. And it can be a lot of fun um, getting out for a walleye bite in the fall. And, you know, you're catching walleyes. And then the occasional sturgeon is always a nice bonus in the middle of the trip, so... But, yeah, I mean, there's a couple other guys that do 15 to 20 sturgeon trips a year, and it's a nice change-up from, you know, jigging or Lindy rigging for walleyes all summer, hit the river, enjoy the quietness of the river, because it's beautiful out there. So, But a lot of fun. And, you know, one of the interesting things, and I talked to, I can't remember who I talked to, but somebody with the DNR last year, they are, you know, they're trying to expand the sturgeon into the rainy or the, the Red River Basin and some different lakes over that way. Um, which I think, obviously, from from a consumer perspective, is good news. But what about you guys who uh, kind of have had a monopoly on those? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the the monopoly is somewhat um, hidden because there's there's a bunch of people out there fishing that necessarily aren't always um, as visible or or publicly social media posting or things of that nature. So. It kind of varies on that, Kev. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it will be interesting to see, you know, if sturgeon take on some of these other places they're implementing them. And obviously it would uh, give more people more opportunities. Absolutely. And, you know, the the idea that if I want to walk down to a riverbank and, and lob out there and, and catch a sturgeon, guys are doing that too. They don't need a boat. They don't need all that extra. They can just do it right from shore. So, you know, there, there's a lot of a lot that going on as well. And plus, they get the serenity of the river. Sure. I think that's a, a, an interesting vibe that so many of us, because we live in the land of 10,000 lakes. We've got incredible lakes. Uh, but a lot of people just never get on the river, uh, whatever river it is. It's a different vibe. I was just having a conversation with one of the guides about that and, and to, to, to 
be the only boat on the Rainy River and both ways and not have anyone around you and have a deer swim by you or have this or that, you're not on. And Rainy Lake is a big body of water. I mean, you can go 70 miles east and west and not hit the same body of water. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's huge. But on the and, and when it's so big, we'll still have boats zooming by or, you know, canoers or whatever. So but on the river, you could have a whole section to yourself and it is pristine. You know, it is nice. You mentioned how big Rainy Lake is. That was something I wanted to bring up with you because I was just looking at the maps the other day, and it's 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 huge. I mean, there's even a a huge swath of the the map where there's no name on it. I'm thinking, is that still Rainy Lake? <laughs> and and you can keep going. I know I had a client. Um, he was actually from China, but um, he you know, from New York and Chicago. He had businesses everywhere, but he would come up. And his goal was to see the other side of the lake. So he'd take a houseboat out and go 50 miles down the lake. And then I'd go pick him up. And then we'd take him back and go into Canada for 65 miles. <laughs> I mean, I'm burning 30, 25, 30 gallons of gas a day just giving him tours of the lake. And we didn't see the whole lake. We portaged across Kettle Falls. We went into Namakin. We went into Ash River. We went into all those lakes. And you, we, I mean, we did it for years and we still haven't seen all of what Voyagers National Park and the, and the lakes have to offer. So, I mean, it's a huge body of water. It's a lot of fun to see them all and see different areas. There's a few rocks in the way, so make sure you know where you're going with that. But, um, yeah, it's just it's it's huge and it's deep. And, you know, there's some deep-sounding 160, 170-foot spots wow. that, you know, you don't get in the other lakes around Minnesota. You know, Mille Lacs, Bleach, all those others are, what, 40, 50, maybe, you know, so... Um, that's the difference between those. Uh, you know, I, I, I think of Lake of the Woods, you know, um, because we're so used to looking at a Minnesota map, we think Lake of the Woods is basically that that chimney of Minnesota and touching into Ontario, touching a little bit into Manitoba. But that thing goes a long, long ways, long, long ways in Ontario. And I feel the same thing with Rainy. It's It's so much bigger than we see on a Minnesota map. It is, and and if you look at the very north end of the map, there's a place called Devil's Cascade, and and there's actually a, an old boat that's sunk there. My my dad and I went looking for it. The lower unit was something that he wanted for his old boat, but we were up there, and and it's probably a thirty mile boat ride north to get up to that. You know, think about how long thirty miles is, and then add the water to it. <laughs> uh, but the beauty of those glacier cut islands and rocks and outcrops. I mean, it, it's just, it's it's very um, unique because there's not a lot of lakes like that. You know, you go to the southern part of Lake of the Woods, and it's kind of a bowl. It's sandy. It's kind of red lake-like. Mm-hmm. But the north side of Lake of the Woods, you know, you get into that angle, and it's it's beautiful. The rock outcrops, the glacier cuts, and all that in there. So it's really cool. So with that volume of water, that size of a lake, uh, I think, you know, we, we know there's a lot of walleye in there. We know there's a lot of bass on the Rainy River and in Rainy Lake, too. Uh, but what all what all's hiding in that lake? What all what? What all is hiding in that lake? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, um, uh, Catfish Hunter is still there. We're still looking for that. Um, mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, grumpy old men. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Every type of fish is basically on Rainy Lake except bluegills. When you think about that, that's a deep, cold lake. Um, but we're we're catching more whitefish and tulabees than we ever have. You know, it's, and why is that? I mean, are we getting more 
of the bait fish for that are the shiners getting bigger and you know their smelt that's coming back mm. you know with the milfoil with with all the other invasive invasive species that are coming back you know so you know with the temperature change are things changing up on there but there's every species on the lake and uh that's what kind of makes it fun the bass fishing's good early with the walleye fishing but you know in the dog days of summer the walleye fishing really picks up you know they get out and they're re-schooled up so i mean it's just it's a plethora of fishing and you can catch whatever you want once you target it so it's a good time you know, that's the cool thing about Rainy, and uh, something you talked about when I first started chatting with you was the, the reality that when a lot of other lakes are getting quiet walleye-wise, Rainy isn't. You can still get plenty of good walleyes, even in the do- what was, what is considered the dog days elsewhere. You know, in every lake, it seems like, in the United States, earlier the better. You know, May, June, boy, early fishing, and Mille is that way as well. But once you get to, you know... And they're good on rainy, don't get me wrong, but July and August on rainy, when the fish are schooled up, the reefs are phenomenal. And it's fun to be able to have that option for people to say, you know what, we'll get them shallow early, but we'll school them up and we'll get them deeper later. And um, it's a unique lake that way, and and the reef structure is the reasoning for that. You know, they're out there where the bait fish are, and they're still feeding all summer long, so it's a good time. So you mentioned cold and deep. Uh, Does that mean there's some trout in there? So the only part about Rainy, you know, there's been talk that the North Arm of Rainy and some of the deeper spots, there's some lake trout. Um, but if you go maybe five miles north, you know, Vermilion, some of those other deeper Canadian lakes, there's a lot of lake trout in those areas. So, and, I, you know, Rainy had some lake trout, um, but the majority of them are outside of Rainy and they're just not far north of that big border. So, Okay. Well, when we go out uh, cruising the river here, uh, once uh, once it's cleared out and we try to catch some walleyes, uh, really, again, nothing sophisticated. Uh, do you even need live bait? You know, no, you really don't. <laughs> I mean, you, you can use a plastic. Um, some guys have used cigarette butts. Uh, you know, we flayed, <laughs> we flayed open a walleye last summer, and it had two tobacco pouches in it. You know, those uh, tobacco-type pouches that the guys put to be like these fish are eating anything when they're hungry and so you know i mean you can a, a jig and a minnow is probably your best bet um it's most inexpensive but you can use a jig and a plastic you can pull wraps i mean you could do anything but find the deeper spots deeper holes and the, you know get it use the least amount of weight possible to get to the bottom and you know to stay where you need to be that's my tip for you and that's about the only thing you really need to do is is go big and then if you can lighten up a little bit be able to change it, and then once you get the current figured out, use that size the rest of the day. So, Did you ever get a chance to hit any of the uh, outdoor shows this year? You know, we didn't. With the Bemidji show being canceled um, and the Minneapolis show um, was was pretty low attended, um, I'd just been uh, fishing on my own, Kev. It's been a lot of fun catching crappies in the basins here and, and uh, looking forward to opener here May 14th. So I was- it's uh, coming fast and even though we're in the middle of a blizzard right now um, <laughs> it, it's going to be here before you know it so. i was curious if you'd seen anything new in, in in the in the world of uh gear or or fishing that you were really interested in this year you know i i have the pan optics winter version and i will tell you that that is a game changer when it comes to ice fishing i'm looking forward to using it in the summer fishing as well i have that in the Laurent active site so i'm going to have two versions of that 
um, I think the electronics and the, the ability to see fish differently are, are definitely the game changer in the world today. Um, you know, the tackles pretty much stay the same. I know there's unique colors and, and floating and so on, but um, just the sheer visibility that we have um, with that. I mean, I could tell the difference between a sturgeon and a muskie or, uh, you know, I mean, you can just see the fish on the scope so detailed that it's incredible. So, but, you know, I, there's so much out there in the world of electronics that it, it, every day it's something new and, and uh, the mousetrap is always getting reinvented, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that is a fact. Well, for a lot of people, they've had enough of ice fishing, they're done. Uh, but it's going to be a while before they get the boats in the water. So what is, what is the smart angler doing now to get ready? Well, uh, you're, they're charging your batteries. You're making sure everything's hooked up. Um, you know, have an extra battery on that first trip out. Um, but get that boat ready to go. Um, I am fishing on the river this Saturday down here at Pool 4. And then on Sunday I'm going ice fishing for crappies. So yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. But this is a fun time of year. The the basin a crappie bite is a lot of fun and then on the river you know down uh, in the south here so uh, you know the, to be able to fish two different forms of water of ice in in two days is going to be a lot of fun but the fisherman is is just a gearing up b you know check out rainy lake guiding i'll be posting updated pictures of the landings and keep you posted as soon as that's open and uh just just being patient out there is going to be key so don't overdo it and, and uh, enjoy the trip once you're there. Well, Bruce, if we've wet their appetites for Rainy Lake and they want to book something this summer, fall, whatever, uh, how do they get a hold of you and, and take care of that? Yeah, so sounds good. RainyLakeGuiding.com has all the info, rates, and contact there. Uh, my phone number is 763-238-7507. Uh, but if you want to even come up, uh, you know, see the area, fish on your own a little bit, Give me a call. I'll, I'll get you and point it in the right direction and, and get you set up for a good time. So, He's Bruce Jean of Rainy Lake Guide Service, one of our favorite guests. Bruce, thanks for taking the time today. I know we'll be talking to you soon. Always a pleasure, Cap. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Northwest Technical College and Bemidji State University. You can catch the radio show Saturdays on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 in Bemidji, B93.3 in Brainerd, and Kick FM in Alexandria. And, of course, multiple times a week, we'll have great stuff for you right here on the podcast. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast has also been sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. 
And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.